Well, good morning, Southern Oregon, and happy, happy new year. Pete Belcastro, Alice Lima here, uh, welcoming you to the first episode of 2021. Pete, oh my God, are we so happy to have 2020 behind us or what? It, it was such a strange, like Christmas, it was a strange new year, uh, subdued, uh, people very careful. Uh, but you know, there's also, Alice, a lot of optimism that I've, I'm finding. Uh, maybe it's because there's vaccines coming out, maybe because school's going to start up again, whatever. But there seems to be a little more optimism out there. And, you know, we're starting 2021, such a different position than we started the year 2020. Think about that. I mean, a year ago, we we're, we're celebrating 2020 is going to be one heck of a year. The economy was going wild. You know, there was housing sales, there was inventory, there was lots going on. Look how it's different as we start 2021. But that also gives great optimism for what lies ahead. Yes, and this is gonna be an interesting show because we're grouping in kind of a finish up 2020 like we did last week with a, here's what we think is gonna happen in 2021. Um, and yet there's still a lot of trauma out there. We still have uh, people who are not completely settled from the fires. We still have a lot of uncertainty about the COVID. Um, and this week, you know, they announced another strain of it uh, here in the United States. And you're probably wondering what does that have to do with the housing market in Southern Oregon? Well. We are one of the places that people from other parts of the country have been coming to, and it's been partly responsible for the run-up in prices and the short inventory that we've experienced uh, since March. Yeah, well, you know, a lot changed when uh, uh, when the governor announced that we were going into the first lockdown in March, and you know, everything stopped and everything changed. We wondered what was going to happen to real estate. Was it going to stop? Were we even going to be able to conduct real estate? because we had to, were we essential kind of workers? And, you know, that's still like one of those iffy things, but it turns out that as we go into 2021, real estate is really the driving force in so much of the economy right now. And that's what we're gonna talk about today because it is escalating. It is, it, without it, the economy would be tanked. So really it's real estate and all the surrounding things that go with it that right now is driving our economy. And I don't think it's gonna change one bit we got lots of issues out there. It's going to continue, I think, in 2021. And that's what we're going to talk about more today. Well, and you never, you never could have predicted it, right? Who would have thought? <laughs> we, we could not have sat here a year ago and made this any of this up, could we? No, we, we not, not, not even close. What's, what's happened? That's what makes so, so, you know, so life so interesting. Uh, it's the unpredictability. But we have... But, you know, housing is kind of one thing that's predictable in this crazy world that we're in. Yep. And we've got a break coming up and uh, we want you to stay tuned because this is going to be a very interesting conversation talking about local housing market 2021. Alice and Pete will be right back. Well, welcome back, real estate fans, to The Real Estate Show. Pete Belcastro, Alice Lima here. We're both brokers at John L. Scott Southern Oregon, and we're welcoming you to our first 2021 episode, and we are gratefully brought to you by our local John L. Scott office, by Guy Giles, a mutual Omaha Mortgage, and also the Rogue Valley Association of Realtors. So right before the break, Pete and I were talking about just how shell-shocked everybody is from um, everything that happened this past year uh, and how remarkable it is that during all this housing and the housing industry is really been at the forefront of getting us through 
and bringing the recovery back. Isn't that an interesting situation to be dealing with? Well, I think a lot of that goes to the, the National Association of Realtors and the Oregon Association of Realtors, Alice, because they were at the forefront of this and saying that real estate should continue during the pandemic, that we as an industry could take proper precautions with, with you know, masking, gloves, all sorts of how we changed our business when you think about that remember we used to love holding open houses you know you don't see those very often anymore if you do I mean, they're very anyway, things have changed and uh but but i think by allowing real estate to continue uh the way they did that really set the stage early on in march that it, it was not going to fall off the roof it wasn't just going to fall off and fall away that the entire real estate industry was was in fact going to gear up to be the, the catalyst that really driving what has been just a horrible, for most people, an economic downturn uh, for communities. I mean, look at how, I think the biggest thing is, look how Ashland has been affected by it. Probably more than any town, uh, I'm Phoenix in town, I know we have the fires and things, but just in terms of the pandemic, how much that has affected the community of Ashland. Uh, you have no tourists there, but yet real estate continues to sell Alice there. That's kind of the one bright spot that's in, in the whole community right now. Well, in Jacksonville also, any, any community that um, was tourist oriented, whether it be in Oregon or not, definitely had some interesting twists and turns. And you know, uh, it's interesting that for the states that did shut down their real estate transaction, it really caused a lot of personal chaos and financial chaos because people were still being born, were still passing away, were getting married, were getting divorced. There were still estates that needed to be settled. Um, it, it was really bringing in layers and layers of more hardship on people that could not. And I'm not saying that as a salesperson, it's just now that we're getting to be nine months, 10 months with it behind us, we can look and see how wise it was to let the real estate still happen because people could at least get some of their life work done. Yeah, no, it, it did. And I think that played a big role. The second thing really that, that started, you, you talked about it last week that really the, the year of 2020 went in waves and, is that going to happen now in 2021? Because the waves you talked about, you had the pre-COVID, then you had the post-COVID dip, then you came up, then we came down, you know, the July. Well, then we had the fires. <laughs> the fires hit. October was just a crazy selling month. It was a huge, huge month uh, just by itself. So, you know, there was waves, as you said. Now, is that going to happen in 2021? Well, the, the one constant, and, and this is what's crazy, this is one of the, one of the many crazy things. The one constant here right now is that interest rates from a year ago to today uh, in 2021 are at the, I mean, they are at the lowest they've ever been, I guess, in history. So with some of them even as low as 2.18%, and that is not predicted to increase much at all, Alice, between now and 2022. That's from the National Association of Realtors and their economists and things like that. So you know, we've been saying this on our show and our, and our listeners and viewers have known this. If those interest rates stay the way they are in that range and, and they're 3% below 3% right in there, that's going to continue to drive this real estate market. And I think it's going to continue to, as the, as the economy recovers, that's what we're going to see. But there's a problem with that is that it, because it causes a lots of other problems along the way getting there. Um, and that's what, you know, and that's where we're, I think that's where we're heading now in 2021. 
So it's going to be um, interesting. So uh, our listening audience, Pete and I are going to be writing these down and then we're going to check back this time next year. I mean, this time this year, <laughs> sorry, this is 2021 now um, and see how things went um, because I'm thinking it's going to be another series of waves. I think we're finishing up the hyper sellers market reaction, uh, not only from what we had going on post recovery from the housing crash, but post COVID, post fires, I'm looking for another kind of stabilization of prices and inventory, a little bit more normalizing. I just don't see that happening until later in the year. Um, like you keep pointing out, there's so many elder people that don't want to put their house on the market because they're still worried about the COVID. Um, I actually have a handful that specifically are waiting to get vaccinated before they will do their, um, their listing. Uh, but in the meantime, there is also a backlog of sellers. I mean, we've been talking about the backlog of buyers forever and ever. There is a backlog of sellers and a bunch of them are going on the market January, February, March, because they just can't stand it for a variety of reasons. Um, and then I think in June, July, August, we're going to see another wave of sellers. Uh, but I think the prices are going to settle down. We just had such a huge run up from the um, demand from the COVID uh, folks moving here from other places and then the fires, uh, who could have predicted any of that? But we'll see, but I think it's gonna come in three waves. We're gonna stabilize this winter. We're gonna have a more normal market this summer. And then I'm hoping we have our usual winter cycle <laughs> like we used to <laughs> this time uh, next year. Well, the, the, the economic forecasting, and you're probably, I'm going to say you're probably right on most of your, most of your thoughts there, but uh, housing starts according to the, the NAR Economic Council. These are like 24, uh, 20 top economists, okay? The gross net, the GDP in the United States is going to go 3.5% this year. That's really high. The that unemployment, is really high. Yes, the unemployment rate will drop to 5%. Okay, remember it was below that. The average 30-year fixed mortgage rates will be three to 3.25% 3 for 2021 and 2022, respectively. Let me a high little bit, okay? The annual median price increase on home in the United States, 8% in 2021 and 5.5% in 2022. And that's, uh, that, that's, relatively, uh, that's relatively low. It's higher here. Our, our, our median prices are rising higher here and they are nationally. We've known that for in the West Coast for, for, for years now. And housing starts next year, new housing starts, they predict to be 1.5 million, which is still way below uh, where we are and what we need in terms of housing across the country. So that's just one forecast there, of what they think is gonna happen in 2021. And I don't think they're, they're very far off, Alice at all. I think those rates are gonna stay right in that 3% range, which is really, really gonna be helpful for so many would be potential buyers in all price ranges. Yeah, and I think that the large corporations in California that were based in California that are exiting, uh, November, December, and then January, we've got some huge employers uh, in California that are leaving. Um, I don't know that any of them are coming here, but some of the remote workers might. And that relocation um, surge has been part of what raised the prices last year. But what I'm hearing this time is that a lot of these companies are encouraging their workers to leave their expensive home cities, home bases, but they're getting a wage cut 
So for example, if you're going to go live in a more affordable place and work remotely, some of these companies are asking you to take as much as a 10% pay cut. So it'll be interesting to see how that affects our uh, relocators, especially from the Bay Area, LA, and Seattle, because you know we're we're almost like the bedroom community to Seattle, Portland, um, yeah. and the Bay Area, and LA. So we'll have to see how that how that all pencils out. Because yeah. I just think a lot of those people who have a choice of living anywhere are going to pick somewhere where the state taxes are lower. Oregon's really high in that department. In, in terms of property taxes and income, yeah, tax. the property taxes too. Yeah. Okay. I'm working with I'm working with two groups right now, Alice, both exactly the way you described. They're in the Bay Area. They, they cannot afford any kind of housing. They have families. They can, if they can work remotely, sometimes they're even leaving those things because they're trying to get out uh, because of the, the high cost that they're finding. And that I think is, is, is also part of what's driving this. Although, you know, our costs of living is gonna go up as well. You know, Pacific Power is raising its power rates by 14% yesterday on the, first of the, on the first of the year, you know? So while we enjoy that low cost and, and you know, we better have water this year or we're gonna pay more. So there's lots of variables out there and it's kind of scary out there. That, that's the unknown. That is really unknown uh, to me right now, where we're gonna go because of the condition. You're showing a pretty snow picture behind you. <laughs> I wish, for our YouTube, our YouTube followers, yes, I have a party need, hat and snow. <laughs> we, we need more of that, and uh, the more we get, the better. But yeah, you know, I think that's a that's a driving force. But people want to get out of those Bay Areas because it's just the cost, the cost of an apartment. I've 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 a buyer who's paying, who who will actually I figured we figured it out. He will make about sixteen hundred dollars a month just by moving here, just saving of what he costs him in housing uh, by coming here and working from here. It, it, it's really quite stunning. And I think that's that's not going to slow down. I don't think, as you say, it's going to accelerate, I think, throughout the year. But I think it's going to be a different batch of people. Um, I think the people that are going to look to Southern Oregon as their uh, relocation refuge, if you will, uh, are going to be a little less spontaneous minded. I think their temperament different than who we saw move here in March. But the people that moved here in March just left where they were. They just left. It was very, very quick. Um, you know, who and, many, knows? Many, and they were cashed. Right. And many wanted a second home here. Not that they sometimes were going to move here permanently to live, but this was a second place as a refuge because they wanted to get out of California at that time and come here to Oregon. Yep. Well, and a lot of them did move here and they brought their family and this whole, you know, group generation in a big house thing kind of took hold. Um, but then we also have our locals. And this is something, you know, we don't talk enough about because the housing prices lurch up because of other people moving here. And thank goodness for low interest rates because it gives our locals uh, a chance. But I'm really, really hoping that if we have some price stabilization this year and we get more inventory so that there's more choices, a lot of our locals will have a chance to get the home of their dreams and not have to fight tooth and nail with all these other people uh, just to win a, a multiple offer situation. Yeah, that's gonna continue though. That's not gonna change because until the inventory changes, I know we've got a break coming up. We're gonna talk about that inventory, Alice, because that's that's the other half of the of the coin. We talked about interest rates and what they're doing and, and how that goes, but it's really the the choice that people have, the available inventory that's out there, that is also a huge part of our market. 
and when we go back and forth whether or not how that's changing if it's changing at all uh and when you when you you know you nail down you, you drill down into those numbers it's shocking kind of where the market has actually gone uh it's gone you know and we're, we're talking about that when we come back because i know you have we have both have a lot of interest in that because we have clients looking in these price ranges mm-hmm. and um mm-hmm. Some, with, some have great choice and some have zip choice. And so being prepared is going to be the number one key to buying in 2021, I think, as well. Yeah. And selling, I think, being uh, realistic about how the comps are in your neighborhood. But we will talk about that, too. So stay tuned, folks. Alice and Pete will be right back after these messages from our lovely sponsors who we appreciate so much. And we're back to The Real Estate Show. Pete Belcastro and I'm Alice Lima. We're both brokers here at John L. Scott, Southern Oregon. And what an interesting conversation we have today on the radio talking about 2021 and what we think is coming next and why, because that's a very important reason. We're not just making this stuff up. We have real hardcore fundamental reasons for having the predictions we do. And it's it's definitely a fun show to have. So Pete, during the break, uh, you were mentioning some statistics. Let's bring those out and, and chew on them a little bit. Here's an interesting one. 2005, you can go back that far now, 15 years ago was when was the last big, big, you know, before the crash that occurred. Uh, 2021 is projected to be higher in total number of new home sales uh, than in 2005. It's taken 15 years to get back to that level, Alice, and they expect that happening in 2021. But even before we get to that, last week, what happened last week in our markets in Klamath, Jackson, Josephine County? What, you did, in, in, our story is always about inventory. They were actually up a little bit, not much, even though you, you think that. Were, Klamath County had 116 last week. They were they, you know, up a little bit. Josephine County went back to 106, and Jackson County was 276. Compare that to January of last year, okay? There were almost 800 listings in Jackson County at this time last year. This year, as we say, there's 276. That tells you an awful lot. But if you break that down, Alice, just a little bit further from that, that of the 276 listings that are out there in Jackson County, 150 are priced at 500,000 or above. So over half the market in Jackson County are listings above 500,000. So if you're looking in that in that range, and, and remember, FHA has raised their, uh, I'm sorry, FHA has raised their, their limit to $547,000. So if you're looking in that 500 range, you have quite a bit of inventory with which to choose from. 500, $600,000, 700. There, again, there's quite a bit of inventory out there. But if you're looking below that, and we've been saying this for, for months and months now, you're looking below that, it's a totally different market. It's just a totally different world in all three counties. It's not just not just here. It's a it's a divided market that way. And it's getting, it seems to be getting pulling more, uh, getting you know, more higher end stuff still in here, what's coming on the market than what we're seeing below in the 250 to 350 range, which is really a big range up to 500,000. Well, and our uh, luxury market really struggles because um, we just our demand is more in the mid range because our local population that's what what they buy and even though our prices go up and down based on outsiders we still do have a pretty strong local um, buying and selling 
um, foundation. But when we're talking about inventory, one of the things I like to do is add in the back on markets because I like to look at the whole picture, not just what's coming on new, but what's falling out. And I'm seeing a really high back on market rate since the, um, the feeding frenzy started by the corona and then accelerated by the fires that people are making their decisions too quickly, they're changing their mind later, or the appraisals are not coming in where they're supposed to. And then the sellers are not happy with low appraisals and they're going back on market. So it could go either direction. So again, um, I, I remember this time last year, we were really looking at what we thought was going to be a more normal market, a three to 9% appreciation for Southern Oregon. Uh, six would be kind of the average, which would be more sustainable. And it would be brought on, um, you know, trying to get the prices more even and have a steady inventory. So I'm just hoping that now that all this is behind us, we're looking forward to that stabilization and a normal amount of inventory happening again. And then we'll part the way we'll know is the back on markets might go down because right now I think they're pretty high. Yeah. Well, a normal, again, a normal, a normal market, which we have not seen, uh, you know, for, for, for quite a few years now is a six month supply of inventory. That way the buyer and the seller have a pretty equal chance in terms of negotiating complex and in power together. But we've seen in, 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 in anyway, in our area is that in those lower prices, we have less than a month's supply of inventory. So what comes on, and if it's in decent shape, is going to get scooped up. And as you say, going to go multiple offers many times or you got to get there first. So that isn't, you know, to change it, it's going to require hundreds and hundreds of additional listings. Where do they all go? Alice, where did, if we had 800 a year ago, where, where did they all go? They've disappeared. Where did, where did all the listings go? <laughs> Well, I think, yeah, you've hit it on the head. A lot of times you're talking about the folks that just hunkered down and did not want to list their house. And I found that there were people out there that were willing to list their house. And some of them were because they had life circumstances they just needed to get handled. And then there was the profit taking, you know, and we didn't really talk about this, Pete, is there was a lot of profit taking. We had some Southern Oregonians who just had a bucket of equity in their home just because they bought at the right time. And they were cashing out with a hundred thousand dollars profit. Um, some of them kept it and just went on their merry way somewhere else. And some of them rolled that into a bigger down payment uh, into their next house. Um, so even though there was a lot of tragedy, you know, because of the events that happened here, there was also a lot of positive that anybody who was holding real estate uh, may have had a really big bump, bump up. Right. Uh, and it was, it was a huge bump up. I even got that in front. You know, U.S. homeowners, okay, with mortgages, uh, have saw, saw their equity increase by one trillion dollars since the third quarter of 2019. This is this is new stats. So think of that, how much it is. The average homeowner gained approximately seventeen thousand in equity. That's seventeen thousand dollars in equity over the past year in Oregon. That's even higher. There's twenty. The average homeowner earned and gained in equity about twenty three thousand dollars. Again, it's the average in Oregon last year, 2020, uh, which is a 10.8% increase over equity from a year ago. That's double digits. Okay, that's so in 2019, Alice, we only overall in Jackson County in 2019, we only had 4.5% increase uh, in equity. Okay, that's, that's pretty low. 2020, we haven't got those stats yet. We're going to get them probably in the next few weeks. Uh, it's going to be much higher. 
got to be much higher. And um, I just want to caution our sellers, you know, these numbers for our local um, housing appreciation from 2020, that was not sustainable. You're not going to have double digit appreciation every year. So if you're thinking about putting your property on the market or you're on the market right now, then you have to be realistic about where your neighborhood comparables are landing. And you want to be within three to 5% of that. You don't want to be the person $75,000 higher, and then you're sitting there languishing forever and ever with everybody wondering why nobody's buying your house. That's a bad place to be. Um, but I just like to caution people because everybody gets so excited. It's like, oh, my house is worth a million dollars. It's like, well, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah it, it, they're only worth what somebody is willing to pay you for them. In the, in the long run, uh, when you look at it. There was another interesting thing that took place, I think, in tw 2020 that is going to continue over, I'm not sure, in 2021. And that's, uh, we haven't talked about rural properties yet and kind of where they went. As you talked about the wave, they were scooped up really fast in, in the early parts of 2020. That has certainly uh, simmered down an awful lot, although the equity rise in rural property is higher, and that's what's driving, honestly, that's kind of what's driving our 10% increases with the rural properties are rising at a little higher, at a higher rate than that. So they're still out there, Alice, and I wonder what's going to happen. They're really popular, and they have five to 10 acre parcels and things. Lots of people want them. They're still out there, and I, I don't think that is going to slow down. I think the rural properties, because they're so attractive, they're you know so beautiful here, that is the desire, the number one desirable uh, piece of property right now. I think that's out there in the markets are those. And that caught us by surprise. In the initial shutdown in March, you and I talked about what we thought it was going to be like, and we thought it was going to be kind of quiet and slow. And the world kind of zeroed in on us. We were one of the places they wanted to come to. And they brought their little bags of money and started buying up these rural properties. Um, and they weren't big, big acreage. It was kind of the smaller acreage to midsize acreage. And it just drove the prices up really fast. So now that we have all that behind us, we still think there's going to be another wave or two of relocators coming. I just don't see it being that frenzied. And I don't see our prices reacting really much more than they already have. But we'll see if I'm right. Mm -hmm. Well, if, if the states around us in our own state lock down and the vac vaccines do not work and, you know, we're still increasing that kind of thing, then I think that we're going to be in trouble with that way. But it doesn't seem, as, it doesn't seem like it's going to go that way. It seems like they really have a handle. I know they're sl it's slow in getting vaccines to everyone who is wanting them, but that seems to be that light at the end of the tunnel that we're all looking for, Alice, and I think in housing as well. Is to how can how fast can we get back to whatever normal is going to be again? And look, everything changed. Uh, uh, every business that you know of has changed somewhat, and real estate is changing as well as a result of this uh, of the pandemic and how we do business and how you communicate with people and what they're what they're seeking. And you know, we have certain issues that we can't overcome. You know, in terms of selection and choice and things like that, but. 
they're coming and it, again it's not going to change but we're changing we've all changed in how we do business and what we're looking for and really what our lifestyles are going to be like in the future is also out there and we have that lifestyle that is very desirable right now in all three of our counties and all communities that we have compared to what people are leaving from that's what that's what i'm finding out yeah, and it's interesting you should bring up lifestyle because one of the things that we're looking to happen in 2021 is the um, the number of folks that lost their job that were not essential workers that uh, need to be absorbed back into the workforce. Are they going to be absorbed by existing businesses that are essential service oriented or are there going to be a new branch of businesses kind of coming out of the creativity in response to the COVID and the shutdown? And, and possibly perhaps the fires. Because, you know, I'm looking at how the real estate industry responded, at least in, in Southern Oregon, to the shutdowns and wondering if we're really going to go back to the way we conducted ourselves before, regardless of what happens with the vaccine. Because a lot of folks, at least the sellers, they like not having open houses. They like that somebody had to see the virtual tour first and do a health questionnaire and do a financial statement before they got to see the house. And it's no longer recreational to go house hunting. You remember this? Part of the protocol was you cannot bring all your friends and relatives to go look at a house with you. Only the people that were supposed to be on contract right. were supposed to go look at house. So I'm just wondering like what's still gonna be in place a year <laughs> from now? That was really, they, you're exactly right. That's exactly what happened. Uh, uh, and will that continue on? I, I think so. I, you're right. People really did like a lot of the a lot of the aspects of buying and selling in the pandemic turned out to be pretty interesting. That you say people liked and, and we all got along and it still worked. In and fact, remote working, I am in love with remote working. I never want to go back to an office. Sorry, as beautiful as John O. Scott office is. And there's a lot of folks like that. But we have to wait and see what really happens because. Some people get tired of it. Some people yep. don't like that um, too much aloneness. And then there's all the folks that took different jobs and changed careers. Um, and and it's it's great to have somebody bring you food. I didn't even know that you could do that, like the DoorDash thing. Anyway, Pete and Alice are going to be back in a minute. We're talking about 2021. Don't go away. Well, welcome back, real estate fans, to The Real Estate Show. I'm Alice Lima here with Pete Belcastro. We're both brokers at John L. Scott Southern Oregon. And what a wild and crazy real estate year we had. Um, so many big changes. And right before the break, Pete and I were talking about some of the new businesses that might come about, some of the things that may or may not change in the future because of the shutdowns and the fires. And I'm really wondering, Pete, what new businesses might be born out of all of this chaos that we've had here in Southern Oregon this last year. What do you think? Yeah. Well, in uh, my, my good friend, Mike Fry out of Paradox Media was telling me, and he's, he's correct about this, that in times of crisis, there are always opportunities that are gonna present themselves for people, for entrepreneurs and people seeking, you know, new ways of life or whatever. You have opportunities that don't, didn't exist before this. And I think that's what we're gonna, that's certainly what we see now. And, it's going to be very different. I agree with you. I'm not sure what's going to come back. Certainly how many restaurants are going to come back or, or bars or, or, I mean, retail, uh, how many uh, offices you say, you know, with remote working are going to come back. Are we going to, are we going to see a glut of commercial 
space, least space available, what's going to take their places? There's going to be opportunities out there. And, you know, people have been saving money. Um, it's not like we're, you know, it's not like we're traveling very far. We're not spending a lot of money. We're saving money right now. Uh, a lot of us, I mean, not everyone, you understand that, but, but a lot of people are saving money. And so there's going to be opportunities to take that money and invest it into the future, because if the statistics are right here, that the economy is going to grow at three and a half percent in 2021, which I think is probably very true, there's going to be great opportunities for people out there. And I don't know what those are going to be. A lot of people want to, I think the biggest thing, Alice, maybe people want to learn, want to work and live independently and don't want to work for somebody else. If you can do that and you can make a living for you and your family in some way of doing that, the trades, whatever, there's huge demands for lots and lots of jobs for many, many years to come because of the pent-up demand that the pandemic has slowed us so much for years. So I, I just think, I agree with this, opportunities are going to exist in all sorts of ways. We're doing them in our restaurant right now. You talked about delivery and things like that. We're doing that as well. And, and it just opens your eyes to what's possible that you didn't even think you could even do or try until you're forced to right now. And that's what makes coming out of this, I think that light at the end of the tunnel that's there. And, I, and I'm looking forward to seeing how we get there. And, you know, I had some restaurant owners um, that were able to get through the whole nine or 10 months, thank goodness, because um, not everybody was, but they have told me over the holidays that the delivery business model was way more profitable. Is uh -huh. that, uh, is that uh, pretty true across the restaurant industry? Because that well, could be a game changer. Maybe some of these people won't go back to a sit down. Yeah, well, my, my nephew, uh, Angelo, sent me, because uh, we're from our restaurant at Gino's, uh, sent an article about 20, 20 things that are changing restaurants, for example, in, in 2021. And uh, you talk about an industry going through great change is going to be that. You're right. From everything from you can have individual uh, dining spots where you can sit to, you know, ghost kitchens where you don't even have, you don't even see people anymore, you know, those kind of things. That's that's the type of change we're talking about. Is it going to hit real estate and buying and selling to that degree? I, I I don't think so. I think you hit it right on the nose earlier about the the way we're going to look at it. Sellers, you're right. Didn't like a lot of people coming in and into their home. Is that is that going to change? I don't know. I, I think it's going to change big time. I think we're going to have to all the technology that's out there. We're getting more used to it. And that's going to drive a lot of the sales, I think, in the future. Fewer in-house scenes until you're right. You're ready to go in and look to buy that house. Yeah, the perspective um, that I think the general population has about real estate changed a lot. Uh, yeah. And I think it's more business-like now on both sides. And the, some of the real estate agents uh, did struggle during this shutdown. But again, anybody who was left in any industry here now that we're in January 2021, we all learned a lot. We adapted. We brought in technology where we needed to. Uh, we just learned how to make it work. And I think that is so common in Southern Oregonian. Don't you think we're just so versatile? We, we can pivot. We're strong. We have each other. Um, and we're survivors because Southern Oregon definitely has its ups and downs, right? Yeah, we're, we're, we're survivors uh, we're, because we're independent people and we're small communities still. We're right. Not, yeah, but we're not small town. We're not, yeah, we're not large cities. We can do things faster and, and things and respond quicker in, in, in industry. And I think that's what real estate showed during the year. So, you know, again, I don't know what 2021 is, is going to end up doing. And we sit here a year from now, but again, 
a year ago when we did when we did our first show of the year we we who would have even known <laughs> what, what we were going to go through so boy, boy I, were we wrong <laughs> we're wrong so I'm really curious as to whether 2021, what we're sitting here thinking, we're going to have low interest rates, we're going to have more inventory, as you, as you believe, coming up more, especially in the in the price ranges that so many more people can afford to do. Um, is that going to happen? Are we going to have something else hit, hit us? Will the vaccines work? Is school get, if school starts up again and people start to feel confident again. Let's talk about that because I'm really worried about the school situation. There's a lot of parents out there that are really dragging their heels about putting their kids back into the classroom. So and, you know, if they if they feel that way, my own response is they should not do that then. But for those parents who who do not, then they should be able to go back. And we've got to get students back in, Alice, more than yeah, anything. Yeah, the kids seem like they Why? really miss it. Yeah. Teachers should be frontline essential workers to receive vaccines as well as healthcare workers. Um, you know, and why aren't we doing that? I, I assume we are, but I don't know that. I mean, that's how we get kids back in. We got to get teachers confident that they're vaccinated first. But they uh, learned but, how to do education remotely. So, and it was, yeah. so now we have a bunch of teachers and a bunch of, of parents that are kind of on the fence about, do we really need to go back to the brick and mortar? It's this whole change of the school teaching industry. If you're a full-time parent, you wanna homeschool your kids and you wanna do that, fine. But if you're a parent that works, kids need to get into school and need to get back into school. They miss it more than anything. And that affects our real estate market, you know, a lot by the schools, by where they're at. You know, parents move here certain places for their children to go to certain schools. Or so, at least it used to. <laughs> well, that's not the, this. You're talking about Alice, a pretty small group, I would think, in terms of wanting to uh, you know do it themselves and go it alone. Most parents that I talk to around, they want the kids back in school. You know, it affects everything. It uh, it keeps our mental health, I think, uh, going. We got to change. We've been at this now almost a year, um, and I don't know what we've learned from it. In so many ways, we've we've screwed it up so badly, but. Um, you know, let's get kids back to school. Let's get people back doing things. We're taking precautions. We're smart enough. We can make our own local decisions. So, yeah. hey. What did, what, did you, what did you miss? Just briefly, because I know we yeah. got to wrap this up. But yeah. what did you miss most during the shutdown? The, the mo going, going, going to restaurants and eating out. Oh, by far. Yeah, I uh, miss dancing. I miss dancing in the bars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's both, both close eating and dancing that's close enough i suppose anyway hope has a you know had a great new year's and, and we're going to be come out of this in 2021 we're going to have a good year and look forward to see how it all unfolds really yeah yeah so listen to us every week folks we have a repeat of this broadcast tomorrow at uh, 6 p.m this is alice lehman pete bel castro wishing you what's left of a happy happy new year's weekend and 2020 we can't wait to have you completely behind us and welcome 2021 have a fabulous weekend folks talk to you next week bye now